Joanna, do you ever wish you could definitively prove that you had the right opinions about movies? Uh, yeah, Neil, because I do have the right opinions about movies and television. Right, Dave? No, because I'm more right about those things, and I demand trial by content. Oh boy, what is trial by content? Each week, we'll take on a huge question. Each of us will bring a choice, and combined with listener submissions and your votes, we will come to a decision. It's trial by content every Tuesday on Spotify, TheRinger.com, or wherever you're listening right now. Don't let Neil win. Don't let Dave win. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Listeners, welcome to This Is Sound. I'm Justin Chip. And I'm We're your sound awakeners. Here to record our deepest, darkest thoughts about the millennial lifestyle. Anime, video games, hip-hop, R&B. Yeah. Yeah. But not yeah. the yeah. 2022 Grammys. We really didn't. Crucially. Crucially. I, okay. Crucially Here's not the 2022 Grammys. Because I mean, like, listen. I mean, the Oscars were just this morning. So, I mean, like, I couldn't understand how there could have possibly been another award show. Like, seeing as how virtually no time had passed since the last time we saw rich people get up in suits and, you know, accept, have, have, have cash grabs venerated with uh, awards or whatever, you know. So, can I say I feel bad? I, you know, I can't like I'm so tired that I can't even do my like same old like the Grammys are bullshit screen anymore. Like I can't I, even do it off the cuff. Say. That's how tired feel, it is. I feel like last year on the pod we had a conversation about the Grammys that people appreciate. I think and I forgot that conversation the moment it ended, but I actually think people like the episode a lot. Um, people who listen to the Will Smith episode we did. We'll, we'll note the part where I talked about working at Complex and being disillusioned by the 2015 VMAs, right? And, like, I think based on sort of the viewership lows of the Grammys this year, based on, I think, the short span of the discourse for the Grammys this year, I think Will Smith, Chris Rock, shit at the Oscars aside, right? I think we are finally at a point as a civilization where watching primetime award shows is like a lifestyle choice. Like that's some shit that like, okay, you in? Oh, that's cool. Like, I'm not necessarily into that, but like, okay. Oh, that's 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 what you would that's that's what you would do in this. That's you like feet. Okay, I mean that's cool. (laughs) I feel like we finally got to we finally beat the award shows down. The Grammy, you know what I mean? It's like I. No one's gonna no one's gonna be mad at us or think we're crazy for just being like, you know what? Instead of watching I mean, the Grammys, like, you know. I played Bloodborne. I played Bloodborne. I didn't watch the Gra- I watched the Resident and I played some Bloodborne. <laughs> I like instead of instead of watching instead of watching the Grammys, I watched I was watching Yellowstone. 
<laughs> I and then and then Speak I you, listen, 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 listen. I I was just now um reading Vincent Cunningham's piece in the New Yorker uh like earlier this morning about I can't even remember what the name of the play was. Some new stage play featuring Sarah Sarah Jessica Parker. Mm-hmm. Um and but I mean like the 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 way he gets into it is basically by describing how his taste for entertainment have changed like over like even the last three years it's just sort of like you know i your patience for like high art stuff is like outweighed by your appetite for literally anything fun <laughs> so it was just like i was trying to watch i was trying to watch severance i was trying i tried to watch the Sever, i was trying to watch severance because good reviews like i kept seeing people talking okay. about good, great reviews great reviews you know like and when I feel like I want to really give it the old college try, I will sit down and do it. But I'm feeling too squirrely right now. So I can't deal with this. I can't deal with knowing with the immediate. I can't deal with immediately knowing the thing that this show, the larger thing that the show would wants to be about in the first 10 minutes and then having it take 20 minutes for the pres- for the premise to present itself. You know what I mean? Like it's like I have less patience now. Especially if something is just like artificially building suspense using a bunch of like long artsy shots that you know all the tricks already. Cuz you've been watching so much shit cuz you've been inside forever. <laughs> is that where the squirreliness is kind of from? like like for Vincent or for Yeah, you? I mean I mean yes, yes, yes. I mean like sure. Like it is for me more so than it, you know, is for Vincent because his writing is, you know, dignified and has this sort of extemporaneous quality to it. Very envious of it. Whatever. The, uh, like, it's really the fact that I just want to have fun when I'm watching TV. And Yellowstone is totally nonsensical. Like, I, John, like, I think John Wilms, uh, wrote something about it for GQ calling it a um it's euphoria for boomers. Yeah. And I, I and I remember like really settling into that, like watching the first season, just because no decision that anybody makes seems based on anything real. Like, I mean, it's just sort of, you know, how can I I mean Beth Dutton, like <laughs> the Beth Dutton character, for instance, is is played by um the lady who um plays uh Watson's bride to be in the second Sherlock Holmes movie. I can't remember the actor's name, but she's uh Kevin Costner's daughter, this corporate raider type. Like you know, I'm gonna drink under the vent under all the men of the table and eat the worm out of the bottom of the tequila bottle type character. I mean, is so annoying to you as a viewer <laughs> because it's just like it's such a tumblerfied like the way that the character is written is so tumblerfied that it just seems like you know there was some reasonable dialogue written up probably you know when she walked in and then she ripped that shit up and she was just like here's what I'm saying for all of us <laughs> is what it feels like in every scene she's in <laughs> and I mean the rest of it is just like this totally like nonsensical 
you can't do that anymore type of cowboy justice bullshit that like if you just overlook the like light to heavy racism that's that's like you know yeah, what is, it's like some, what is, can you summarize it real quick for me because like i only vaguely yeah i mean like okay so it's it's, it's so the the elevator pitch is like it's 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 so it's succession but about the beef industry the cattle industry like like so it's instead of being in new york it's in the bread basket like so we're in um montana um big sky montana and uh or not big sky montana somewhere in montana dog i don't even remember where but like it doesn't matter which city town province whatever we are in because john dutton owns all of it and probably the next town over like it's that much land he's his it's been in the family for generations um and it's basically kind of what happens in after the happily ever after the american dream or whatever like you got the entire ranch that spans as far as the eye can see and everything the light touches is for you and your children and their children's children but um like you know this is also very tillable ground good for having cattle good for like damming up the 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 creek so that you could create your own power company so people are going to move around and try to parcel off the land how is it that they can how can they get them off of this land by means both legal and uh nefarious is like basically the crux of the show um but also generational trauma but also generational tra okay all right I, yeah you've been boomers into talking about generational trauma now that's interesting that's fascinating i like it's you gotta serialize your shit bro it can't just be like you know hey uh kevin costner walks into an into a boardroom and punches an old millennial in the face every week on yeah. television it's you got to have some sort of narrative structure around that. <laughs> fair, fair. Um, I I was going to drive us back to the Grammys and I will at some point. But in response to your Yellowstone talk. You I've been OK. Here's the thing. There are two types of TV that we all as Americans watch. We watch prestige like oh, Station 11, High Art 1010 shit. And it's the we, stuff that you tell people that it's listen, it's the stuff that you talk loudly about in the yeah. coffee line and when you're waiting in line for coffee. Yeah. And it's the stuff that you just watch by yourself. And you like and you only and you like you only you only really share it with people that like you do a vibe check first. There is yeah. a there's or are there, you on there, a there dating website. modes of Yeah. You know, like it's yeah, it's the stuff that you actually want to talk about versus the stuff that, like, all right, let me go ahead and see what everybody is talking about. Yeah, and the, sh and the shit I'm catching up on is the other half of what we watch, which is network TV procedural bullshit. And I am late to this show, but The Resident, the fucking re the Resident on Fox. The Morris Chestnut Universe. Yo. You've stepped into it. Here's the thing. First of all, no, 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 no. You're not setting the cast up. And it's Freddie. No, let's talk about I'm a lot sorry. of this pie. Listen, I, also watches the resident. Because I, I want you to know, I want you to know that I was watching the wrong show on Hulu for two days before, and like while you were just while you were describing it. You watching the president? I ended up watching the right. To, 
No, I what? was watching. Uh, no, I didn't. You no, because I didn't see the I didn't see the first episode where you told me what the actual title of the thing was. You were just like, "Oh, Morris Chestnut's in this shit, walking around with his chest being all a out, dickhead. talking, yeah. To, yeah, being a dickhead, talking crazy." And I was, and, yeah, and I was just like, "Oh, okay." And I started watching Rosewood, which is no! like this thing where he is like, like a like he does house calls and he's like a consulting like coroner for the police department. You are annoying. And I was just like. (laughs) (laughs) And come to find out, it's the wrong show, but it's on the same network. We're not talking about Rose, but we're talking about The Resident. Also, the cast, it's not, first of all, the cast is Homeboy from Gilmore Girls, um, Daphne from Frasier, uh, who else? (laughs) Braxton from the Jamie Foxx show. Theo Huxtable. And Erica Badu was there drinking bubble tea. Morris Chestnut. First of all, they bring Morris Chestnut in in what, like season three? Maybe the end of season two. And oh my God, this dude, Morris Chestnut, right? Like, think of 90s Morris Chestnut, right? Think of that smile. Think of that sort of slick dude, that sort of like sparkling black man energy. And they take Morris Chestnut and they put him on this show and they make him a dirtbag. He is like a star neurosurgeon, but he's a fraud. He treats everybody like shit. Every time he talks, you want to pop him in the mouth. He is like, it, it's, it's the Jamie Foxx thing. It's the, he gonna win an Oscar for this because he has me fooled. I hate Morris Chestnut in real life just based <laughs> on watching The Resident. This, how does he not have 16 oh Golden Globes? Why am I just now here? And, and I text my mom about it. My mom watches The Resident. I didn't know. Freddie watches The Resident. Where are the TV critics on this? Where is everybody? <laughs> this is like the, this is the performance of a lifetime I, like, from like three different actors. Theo is incredible on this. Sh- Malcolm Jamal Warner is incredible on this show. Alright, man. I'm a, I'll give it a. I'll give it a. What? I'll give it a try. I'll give it. A, I'll give it the old fifteen. Don't binge watch it. I'm not saying we're doing some. I'm not saying we're doing some series about it. I'm not it, saying we're gonna like, do, like. I'm like yo. Listen, I'm not like I didn't say all that either. I'm saying okay. that like I'm going to give it fifteen minutes. You know. Okay. It's gonna get what Severus got. All right. Um. Now that's it. Can we? We acknowledged up top. We we didn't watch the winners. We caught up on the winners, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, you and I have, I think, an outstanding disagreement about Silk Sonic. I love the Silk Sonic album. I say that as somebody who didn't want to like it, because I I like Bruno a lot. I'm not I am not really sold on Pac as a solo artist, but I thought that album was really good. I thought it was Anderson Pac kind of punching above his weight. You hate light skin people so that right there that's a box. <laughs> like, oh man uh listen i like that's the main thing i have an opinion about silk sonic i give it okay. up all right i understand that you got the opinion about silk sonic i'm saying that it doesn't matter how much i bellyache about what you know this uh, suite of uh, academy of our Grammy winners, like you know, the winning the biggest awards means 
like in the grand scheme of things like Jean Baptiste winning best uh whatever and Silk Sonic being that like wonderful for the two like for, for what the two like the 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 lanes that they have the latitude that they have carved out over the last half like the over the last decade to be able to have the sort of mainstream and commercial embrace that the amount of awards that they won last night entails great fantastic i'm like it's they seem like wonderful people fantastic i don't listen to their music i don't know anyone who i i I don't know anybody who like you know really does except for you you like silk sonic and that's fine but what i'm saying is that silk sonic it's a the album is you know it's it's like it is it's literally niggas wearing bell-bottom suits the album it is it is a it is a good version of music that was made 30 years ago like and that's or, or 40 years ago by people that are maybe three to four years older than we are which makes no sense yeah. and that's fine like i mean like i'm i'm, I'm just i'm just like it's if you are if you want to make a like for like facsimile pastiche of the music that your parents had sex to wonderful like and if if people buy that great i am not one of them that's all (laughs) wait but to your point okay so to the implicit generational critique in that right i was like i was talking to sam donsky yesterday and he was making this point of like it's it's super weird with the grammys that the VMAs have had like twenty years, and they still haven't even oh, you begun know. to try to like eat the Grammys lunch. And be, like, the Grammys are always in this shitty position, right? Of like, they have to kind of accommodate. They they kind of have to try to answer the question of like, what are the kids listening to these days? But at the end of the day, they still have to be this like universalist ceremony that also makes definitive pronouncements about like what is the best jazz album that came out last year. Yeah, I mean like, <laughs> you know, and that's this is a very right? like this is yeah, it's this is the like it's the same thing that we were talking about the last time we were talking about the Grammys. Like it it's it, they are between a rock and a much harder rock uh for like, you know, being able to make that salient point to a wide audience but feel like they represented what music sounded like this year which is like an expansive and difficult thing to do harder than it is with film or tv harder than it is with film or tv however however to me jean baptiste winning album of the year and silk sonic sweeping like I mean, to me, is like when there was that outrage when the artist won in 2007 or whatever, because it was just some black and white shit that nobody actually watched. It I'll was just it. like a technical, it's a technical marvel. It's, I'm, all right, but okay. I don't like, it, but it was. Exactly, but you don't you don't remember it. I want you to remember that you said that. You said, you said, I don't remember it. Oh. It was. And it was a, you don't remember it because it was very well executed. It was like, it was beautiful cinematic execution. It ticked all the boxes. It did all the things that like you would want to do to get the the Academy's attention. 
but it was hollow to you there sitting on your couch. If you don't go to see it in a movie theater when everybody else sees it, there's no there's no conversation to, partic- to participate in. There's no actual replay value there. You know what I'm saying? Like this Silk is Sonic logic, bro. And ha- I you to- I'm saying that like I'm, I'm just saying wrong, that like have a pronouncement about our time. I'm not I, like I'm not saying that it's right either. But yeah, what I'm yeah. saying is that in half in like in in five years time, Silk Sonic is gonna be you know more or less what it's on the way to being now, which is elevator music. I don't understand why it is that we keep <laughs> awarding stuff like that. Sand like a snake. <laughs> why is it like? Because I because, because it's that's what it is. Because that's what it is. Uh, I don't I don't dispute that. I mean that's the thing. that's like the thing. I can say multitudes, right? I agree with what you just said about the artist. I don't know. I don't want to speak on that. Uh, and off I mean, the record, like, and but, but the elevator music thing about Sonic, I get that for sure. Although, like, it, like I take like such offense to it. Like, it's not, like, I don't take offense to it, like, as an idea, as a concept. I mean, like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, if you want to cook a meal or vacuum your house or or do your laundry, you can put Silk Sonic on in the background. But, like, it's just kind of, like, I resent the idea of that being, like, you know, cited as the best of anything, man. Like, it just is good. But the only caveat I will offer or the counterpoint is just that, like, I, you're right about the elevator music thing, but it's also like American culture does that to everything. Like, there was a point where Parliament became elevator music. Parliament's on the fucking Good Burger soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, like, Oscar season, knowing what is an Oscar movie and what is not an Oscar movie is this, I mean, like, that's this, it's a yeah, similar yeah. idea. Like, yeah, I yeah, mean, like, sure. it is, it, like, you know what I mean by elevator music applies to different, you know, audiovisual media. Like, but yeah, elevator music. If you award it, more will come. Damn. All right, that's deep. That's a deep pronouncement. Wait, okay. You want to take a break? We don't, because again, we're not going to say that much about the grant. Silk Sonic, yeah. uh, congrats to Olivia Rodrigo. Um, Stefan in Great the chat suits, says, very nice suits. Bubba Sparks won best reggae album. I don't know what he's talking about. Um, we'll take a break, <laughs> come back, <laughs> and talk about literally anything other than the Grammys. <laughs> okay, we back from break. Steph- our producer Stefan just asked us a wild question. Stefan, while we're on the subject of Morris Chestnut, before talking about the resident. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So while you guys are talking about the resident, I was thinking about this. Uh, I was having it. I was, I was talking to my girl the other day about this, and she tried to say that she thinks Morris Chestnut. It was two people. One was Michael Ealy. She was like, "Do you think Michael Ealy is black famous? Uh, only uh, black famous?" Mm, and then she said Morris Chestnut, and I was like, "Nah, I think Morris Chestnut is universally famous. I feel like every white I person think has you got, seen." I think Michael Ealy is black. Famous, I think that's backwards. I go. I, no, what? no, 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 no. I would go Whoa. back. I would flip that. I would flip that the other way. Come on. Like, like look at like Michael Ely. <laughs> Michael Ely has like, you know, the hazel eyes. He's on like all yeah. those CBS, like, uh, you know, um, placards <laughs> or whatever. I got to challenge was, you on He that was hiding Michael. under Beyonce's bed. 
No, I'm like, there's, but like, he, there's a, I'm sorry, like, I'm just saying, like, it's, but I got to challenge you on that. Okay. Have more okay. people seen right. Barbershop or Boys in the Hood? This is, this is a very, what do you think more, more people, people but that's the thing. It's like, you know, white people have seen, white people have seen Boys in the Hood in a way they have not seen Barbershop because they know Boys in the Hood is like, Boys in the Hood is canonized. Yeah, yeah you, you know, know what I'm saying? Like, it's, like a, it's like, it's a single to Like, it's just like, oh, you know, like, we need to understand what, what they were doing. In yeah. What were, what were they doing? <laughs> what were they up to? You know what I mean? That's real, though. <laughs> It's like, you know, it's one of, it's like boys, it's singles movies, Spike Lee movies, and The Wire, you know? Yeah. There you go. Crash Whereas course. Barbershop, <laughs> Barbershop, which I've seen more, I've seen probably like 10 times more than I've watched Boys in the Hood, right? But like, okay. that's a movie, like, come on, Barbershop is something that like, how many white people you know who aren't the one dude in Drumline who have seen Barbershop? That's why... I- yeah. That's why I think Michael Ely is black famous and I give Morris Chestnut like universally famous. Where do you stand? Is he not? All right, but like, wait, is he not famous for other things other Ely than Barbershop? Oh, yeah. Like, okay. Ely? Ely. Ely I'm besides about Ely. like yeah, taking everybody's but, girl in the movies? It, like, he's <laughs> like an easy. Is he like NC? Is he like NCIS yeah, famous? But, yeah, but and, that's um, the thing. It's like he's like, not on the level. He's Channel 10 famous. He's Channel 10. Like, he's Channel 10 famous. Like, he's. There's. Uh, because like, he has that. What? No, you go ahead. You go ahead. I want to hear this. No, 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 no. It sounds like you're really onto something. No, I, all right. No, no. I'm just. I'm gonna. I'm gonna propose a dichotomy, and you can challenge it or not. And it's this. Okay. It's like okay. there's a kind of well, black actors, right? There's a kind of Omar Epps problem, which is like in the black repertoire of a black actors thing, their big things are big. But once you get to the stuff white people seen, Omar Epps becomes the third doctor on House. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And that's, Omar Epps was an ER too, right? Am I, am I off on that, right? He was an ER at one point. Was or Omar General Epps? Hospital. No way. Or one of those two. Like, I feel uh, like he was in you, one of those shows. all the black actors that have no, ever been on TV. Nah. <laughs> yeah, bro. Nah, Omar Epps was really? on. Okay, well, okay. he was on like. Uh, you thinking of Eric LaSalle? You just confusing nah, all nah, shades. Nah. The Eric LaSalle. You talking about the? Uh, oh, he's right. Er, um, no, he's right. Okay, I looked. He it was up. an Er. He's on Er. Really? You're right. Omar Epps is yeah. on Er. Doctor Dennis Gant. I didn't know. Oh, about. oh yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. Omar yep, Epps right, is like right. universally okay. famous. I, was I think we could There's, all agree on that. I don't think he's just Omar Epps. Yeah, but I'm. Yeah, but you get what I'm saying, right? Which is like, it's like, it's one thing. I do like. I agree with you. Like, I get what you're saying, but what I'm saying is that, like, in terms of, like, there be, I mean, like, yes, Morris Chestnut has his own, like, Morris Chestnut-led shows on network television still in a way that Mike Lee does not currently. But that, I don't really feel like that's, I mean, like, but who's, who's, what's the viewership for those shows? For the Morris Chestnut shows versus like the shows that Michael Ely is on. You get what I'm saying? Well, Fox keeps he's throwing like, a bag. Michael Ely he's is doing like something. A... Fox keeps throwing him a bag. He's got like five shows on Fox right now. Like he, he's That's doing crazy. something over there. And you know what it is? It's because of uh, structural disparities between light skin 
We don't have to get the colorism. <laughs> we don't have to get oh the colorism. My God. So we only got that. Wow, Justin. That's the card you Wow. You only got that road because it's a darky. The wow, coolie hair niggas wow. sticking together. Wow. Here we go. Wow. This is, I, all right, you know this is, I mean? like, I, all right, listen. Okay. <laughs> I think that we need to go back to answering what, we need to actually answer the question. Yeah, yeah, all right, so, okay. Marco, so, where do you side with this? I still think that, like, uh, that, all right, but no, I think that the question is flawed is actually what I think. Because the question was, is Michael Ely black famous or white famous? And then somehow Morris Chestnut got involved in the conversation. So it's like, are we? Ha- what is the actual? So wait, thing no, the original asking? person. Well, no, was the Boris random Chesson. person was Omar. Omar Epps is the person I randomly tracked. Okay, 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 yeah, we just threw All Omar. Right, so, in there. so Morris Chestnut. So, so it's Morris Chestnut, and we're the question we're asking is he more white famous or black famous? Yeah. I still think he's more black famous because it's like there's uh, because there's the shows that he currently has. There's the um, what was the 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 movie that he had? What was it? It was him and Bill Bellamy and like all those other the, the other dudes. That's like <laughs> that whole like all the those. Best he was holiday. every yeah. yeah. Wait, is it best I man mean, holiday? Like, it's best- Usually, like I mean, like it's like he is. It's a he is a specific kind of like black famous VHS tape famous. Okay, you know VHS tape daytime television famous. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a it is like he's soaps famous. Like that's 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 like you can't. He's not like um like you can't read weekly recaps about him on the internet. Okay, but can I? Okay, maybe here's and this is an extension of the Omar Epps observation, right? I think I think the reason I'm sort of pushing this distinction is because um, I, I get the idea that like some of these black actors are on big mainstream things with like huge appeal, but there's there's still such a thing as being a kind of black actor who like all the black actors know who you're talking about if you're talking about Michael Ely or Omar Epps or more Chestnut, and yes these actors are also in big mainstream things that white people watch, but they never get beyond white people being like, oh, that actor, like, ah, he's in, he's in a bunch of things. What's his name? Yeah, like, that's the thing like, about it. like, you've yeah. seen him in the, yeah. Where it's is that? like tip of the tongue. You know what Just I mean? Out of reach. It's tip of, they're still those tip of the tongue actors, even though they've been on like six network procedural things. Even though they've been working for like, the last Most 30, your, 40 years. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah and haven't aged. And haven't aged since like, the yeah, four exactly. brothers. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, it's just like you've. Like you saw them on Lifetime when you were nine and they're still, you know, out here. Playing the same age. Yeah. yeah. Playing yeah. the same age. Okay. Yo, we got to We got to get. We got to get some listeners. We got to get some listeners opinions, man. They got to email us and let us know if we're off or are we on or this one or hate. Yeah, I'm, man. I'm interested listen, to you see got, what people think. If you got opinions about, like, you know, whether <laughs> Morris Chestnut is black famous or white famous, or you know what black famous or white famous parameters it might means, be, yeah, what does it even mean? You know, and be be and you know, like you know, be creative, but not you know, be careful. You act uh, like a teacher, only... a teacher writing a prompt <laughs> on a test. Be specific. <laughs> be specific. Hey, man, I'm just saying, like, you know. At least 200 words. I, like, at least 200 words. 
Um, I'm kidding. You know, like right, whatever. At soundonlypod at gmail No, 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 no. Don't do this outro shit. We have one more thing to talk about. Don. I mean, soundonlypod. No, we do. Yeah, we mean like yeah. But like, hey, listen, we're gonna like we're gonna talk about that. But like, okay. we Steph- we can't just have Stefan say email us and not tell him what the email address is. Oh, that's, Come on, now. That's, that's good. That was good hygiene. That was good. You kept that. Thank that you. Good. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate um, the ease up off my back about it. Here's the thing. You you finally seem to have hit a stride in Elden Ring, which I've beaten twice over at this point. Um, yeah. And I, here's the okay. thing. I'm at this point, I'm playing Bloodborne and I don't want to be. How do I how do I put this? There are things that I'm comfortable getting ignorant about. And there are things where I want to s- s- sort of bide my time and get educated enough to be ignorant about. And Bloodborne, you know, I'm almost at the end of Bloodborne. I want to sit with my thoughts before I sort of unleash them on this podcast because I feel like a lot of people have strong, nostalgic thoughts about Bloodborne. I do not like Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne (laughs) has been a bad experience for me personally. (laughs) I think, I think, I think it's an interesting game in a lot of ways. I, I, if we have listeners who have strong thoughts about Bloodborne, I would love to hear them before I articulate my own thoughts. I'm open. I'm receptive right now. Uh, I'm having a frustrating time with this game. So in lieu of talking about that, though, in lieu of like speaking ignorantly before I've sort of assembled my ignorance to be unleashed in full force, Micah, do you want to talk about your slow burn with Elden Ring? Uh, Yeah, right. So my initial opinion about Elden Ring has not actually changed. I still think Man. that it's like a game that is like actively hostile to new players. Um, like, however, like, you know, like, however, like, easy it might be in comparison to other From Software games. However, I don't actually think that the game is hard so much as poorly designed. <laughs> And wow. Okay. I mean See, which that, is my. Mm, I won't say it. I won't say it about. Bloodborne. I mean that in a. Bloodborne. I mean that in a. Like. In, all right. So like. So this is. So this is what I mean. Like in 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 terms of like poor game design. Like. And I mean, and I say this as saying that, like you know, in some, like upfront, I want to say that I think that Elden Ring is good. Like it was like right now. Like I'm having a lot of fun playing it. Like. But it took like it's it was like a large, long learning curve to get there. And I think that sure, you could say that that's part of like, you know, the game, but I think that there are certain things that artificially extend, you know, the game's playtime, like not really telling you how to get your mount or how specifically like you know you're supposed to build out your characters or what's supposed to do like what talismans do or where you're supposed to go or you know you know things that might grease the like you know the starting tracks for you at least however that leads you to going into like you know the game secondary economy which is like the youtube videos the the article write-ups the reddit threads the you know texting your friends about hey are you doing this too um 
or like literally inviting them into your game, which the process the process for which is not like helpfully explained in the game yeah. either. Like you got to Google that too. Yeah, yeah it's a lot. Like in order to just to get like your friend into your game is not as simple in other games as just like sending an invite and having them pop up next to you yeah. in a lobby. Yeah, you got to use you a have finger. To, like, go find it. Yeah, you got to use a finger. You got to put it here. And then, like, they can't go with you past this area. You also can't use your horse, you know. And then when it's done, you got to cut your finger off. Like, there's a whole, like, bunch of extra, you know, RPG word salad that makes this stuff more complicated than it needs to be. However, I do appreciate that you can get whatever kind of experience out of, that, out of it that you want. Yeah. Like, if you want to just ride your horse around and make it an exploration game, you could do that. If you want to make it a fighting game, you can get the red furled finger and just raid other people's games and fight them one-on-one. -on -one. If you want to make it a straight-up RPG game, you can go fight boss battles. You know, if you just want to grind and build your character out to get cool uh, clothes for them, like, that's cool, too. Um, I think that with the stuff about you know the game initially being hostile to new players it comes back around in a way to being pure because you kind of have to reach out to other people to be like yo how the fuck do you do this yeah. like i like cuz it's like i have no idea what uh you know what a bubble tier is and where it's supposed to go and what a flask of wondrous physic is and like, I think what I mean earlier, what I meant earlier by calling the game poorly designed is that, like, there are minor tweaks to the game and patches that come out every week break or unbreak it uh, in, in, you know, like, in common parlance. Also, like, they're just boss battles that are just poorly designed. Like, that, you know, you think that you're, like, you know, bad or under leveled for but it's just kind of like no like that thing is not supposed to be that big in this space yeah, like it's, yeah. it actually it actually fucks up the camera like and and like and it makes the hitboxes unpredictable and et cetera et cetera et cetera and yes like that is poor design but you know there still is a way through it once you bang your head against it enough times or you know, consult the internet, print the internet out and fucking read it, which sometimes you have to do. Um, and once you come back, like the satisfaction of overcoming the obstacle is like, is really like kind of unparalleled. Yeah. So, you know, ultimately it's a good thing, even if it was poorly designed. Like it's, I think when we were talking about like in versus like other RPGs like Shadow of War, which is like a Warner Brothers game for, for Lord of the Rings or Uncharted or, what, or you know, other press X to win games that yeah. like are basically trying to tell you a story. Right. Like those feel like they were the ideas of people in boardrooms trying to sell multiple products. Uh, maybe like teams of people that like you know had ulterior motives other than creating like a gaming experience this one feels like it was made by like people that had Gamers. good and bad ideas 
yeah, like good like and do. bad ideas yeah. <laughs> like about gaming about 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 enemies about attack patterns about fucking names <laughs> uh like you know i Godric, it's, godfrey goddard you know blade God. the half wolf blind the half wolf yeah. yeah yeah no his um, character design is fire though his character his character design is fire like it's just that his name is like you know it's funny because it's you know, yeah all these irish dramatic spells and the way that it sounds yeah it's like but there's it's a varied experience every time you turn it on at yeah. least um you say is like something that i can appreciate now yeah it's just you say poorly designed uh you're entitled to that i think that's a little harsh it's like i i definitely agree that it's punitive right and i think that's kind of obviously the FromSoft thing. I don't think that means that like everybody no, has to I just think, swallow that. I think okay, so poorly poorly designed is strong, but like you know, like when you're in Microsoft Word mm -hmm. and like you know you have your you have your indentations set a certain way, and you have yeah. two you have like two pages. All of a sudden, you drop an image somewhere. And like the indentations <laughs> yeah. change yeah. like seven times, and then all of a sudden you have thirteen pages, and you can't turn the shit in. You can't reformat for two hours before you have to turn it into your. You know what I'm saying? Like that's what like like from software games feel like. You know, oh, we're tweaking this, and then fifteen things move out of place over here. Mm, like, that's a good, but it's you say that in general, right? And that's where I agree with you. And it's kind of fascinating watching the response to... It's been fascinating for me, right? Watching the response to the Elden Ring because I'll see people in, like, the subreddit say something. They'll make complaints, you know. People like the game, but they'll make these complaints. And they'll be like, oh, this game is so inferior to Bloodborne because in this game, in Elden Ring, yada, yada, yada. And all the things they say about Elden Ring are things that are literally happening to me right now in Bloodborne. Like, that, that broken shit, it's like one thing that irritates me to no end playing Bloodborne is I have no idea who thought it was a good idea to implement a parry system in which you can be hit and damaged and killed by attacks that you successfully parry. I don't know whose big brain idea that was, but that is Bloodborne. It is a parry system that does not work in, in that way that you're talking about, right? Where it's just like, it's just like, any other game developer's definition of parry would be you you blocked an attack in some way rather than, oh, parry just means trade and you parried an attack, but also you died. Like, and that's what FromSoft yeah. games are like in general. But but people people have these relationships with these games where they can totally overlook or rationalize the flaws in one game because it's balanced slightly in one direction, like Bloodborne. But then when they come to Elden Ring and it's more open world and it's a bit more open ended and then people are like, oh, everything they're like this stuff is trash. But it's like it's kind of trash in all of these games. I worry. Uh, like, yeah, like it's just like there is like the like poorly designed is that like there's nothing smooth about this game. Like there's nothing like the like the weapon art animations are cool. Like, yes, it after a fashion, you could say that they are smooth looking. But I mean, in terms of like running around, moving the camera, 
fixing the camera on a single enemy. Like the fact that you can get overwhelmed at any level by like three by three enemies or more of like of any level is just because of the way that the camera moves is like kind of nuts. Like and that's but that's also just something you gotta just charge to the game. Like yeah. the, the, the the you know taking damage from blocking attacks um or taking varied amounts of damage from blocking attacks based upon um you know it raining or it being Tuesday or this or this enemy having <laughs> like you know whatever the fuck like having time to coat their blade and their like it's just kind of there's so many different things to think about like you can't wear your helmet on your set because like your endus- your endurance isn't long enough and it'll tip you from medium load to heavy load and that'll make it so that you heavy roll and then your eye frames are lower and these are all fucking things that like I didn't have the language for two weeks ago, but the game forces you to learn that <laughs> because like there's because there's so little other choice. Otherwise, you're just going to get your ass stomped out the entire time and it'll be a waste of $65. Yeah, it's like it's funny, though, because like the camera thing specifically, the camera thing specifically is like it's definitely a common complaint about Elden Ring. And I was like, yeah, I see where people coming from. Like, the camera in this game literally gimbal locks. Like, that's so weird. And then I go and play Bloodborne for the first time. And Bloodborne has, like, the most dog shit camera since, like, Bubsy 3D on the Nintendo 64. And it's like you... It, I, or maybe the... I forget. Maybe it was the PlayStation that Bubsy came out on. But it's like... I, yeah, I don't know. It's... <laughs> I I guess it's just part... It, it, it does feel like maybe... That's just them's just the breaks with FromSoft games, right? Uh, wait, actually, hold yeah. on. Let me take that again. The, I you probably don't want to restate. Hold on. <clears throat> um, like the complaint about a about the camera in Elden Ring, right? Super common complaint. I see it all the time, and I like agree with it in part. Like sometimes, like the fire. Well. You, you need to play a bit further. There's there's definitely fights toward the end game where the camera is really pretty bad. I, but then I go and play Bloodborne, right? And Bloodborne has like the most dog shit camera since Bubsy 3D. And I I'm just like I don't know. It's just that I it's it's interesting to me at least, right? That these people who sort of identify as like veteran Soulsborne players are frustrated by the camera in Elden Ring, but like have no complaints about the camera in Bloodborne. Like, that's what I mean. It's like this, there's this weird compartmentalization that happens with the FromSoft games that, like, I can't even really speak on it. Like, I'm still, I'm still getting into this stuff, right? Like, I'm almost done with Bloodborne. I kind of want to play Dark Souls 3, although I kind of want to try Sekiro, but I feel like that game, I feel like that combat style, I, I'm, I don't, I, you smarter than me. You have a, you have a different brain texture than me. I'm worried that I'm gonna that game is gonna embarrass me. I'm worried that Sekiro is gonna humiliate me. I think that you are not giving yourself enough credit. Yes, I'm a bit obsessive, and I take I take offense to being slapped in the face enough to then make, you know, like the game like a study course. Uh, but like you know, I feel like you'll I feel like you'll do the same thing with Sekiro. It's just that also with Sekiro, there's no alternate paths. You have to go straight forward. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, yeah, I guess that is a thing that's like, you can always blow off steam in Elden Ring because no matter how hard like Margie is, you're right. It's like you 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 at least can go fuck off somewhere else. And like, that's definitely a shuffle thing about Bloodborne, right? It's like those moments you get stuck, you're stuck. And I guess most of the FromSoft games are like that. But it's just Sekiro, mm-hmm. that, that precision parry shit y'all talking about with Sekiro, whoop. Uh, y'all gonna be rage quitting. Um, Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Uh, mm. I think that's what we got. That's enough gamer nerd shit. Um, what about you, Mike? Anything else? Nah, man, I'm cool. Um, Stefan, thank you for your contributions to the Black Actor Discourse early in the episode. I'm Justin Charity. Oh, first of all, soundonlypod at gmail.com again. Email us, Black Actors from Software. Yada yada, Grammys, Anderson Park, Silk Sonic. Um, I'm Justin Charity. And I'm Mike Peters. Shouts out to our producer, Stefan Anderson. We'll see y'all next time. It's coming.